North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, all of you lovely, amazing people. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. So great to be back on the airwaves with all of y'all. Uh, as you guys notice, it's a Wednesday night. Uh, normally, I do my shows on Tuesdays, but I've recently changed to Wednesdays. I, I just enrolled in a, a really intense leadership program, and uh, that's on Tuesday, so I get to change the uh, the normal flow of the show, but it's all good because I just get to expand my plate and put even more on it so I can learn more and see ways that I can really serve all of you guys even better. So uh, thanks for being patient. I know it's been a few weeks since I've had a show up, uh, but I have the next few weeks scheduled out, so I'm so excited to have some regular content. And my guest tonight has been super patient. We've had to reschedule a couple of times, and she's just been awesome. And she's actually calling in from Hawaii, which is three hours uh, see, behind us. It's actually, I think, 3 o'clock for her. Um, so look, really looking forward to the content of the show tonight. It is all about sex, great sex naturally. I feel like I have a lot of these topics on the show, but it's, it's just juicy content, and it's something that is actually a very popular topic. So, of course, we always want to give you content that you guys want to learn more about. And it's also kind of a topic that people are a little bit, you know, shy to talk about. So I think listening to a podcast about it is a good way to get some information and maybe not necessarily something that you're – really, you know, comfortable talking about necessarily, but you're going to get some really good content and things that you can do naturally to empower yourself. And we're all about effective remedies, effective treatments that are done in a natural way. And that's what this show is all about. So very excited to get into that content tonight. Just a couple announcements for you guys. I will be at Paleo FX this year. So that's next month. I'll be speaking on superfoods and the paleo diet. So definitely check that out if you would like to uh, attend that Friday morning. Um, of that, I think it's April 23rd, no, April 24th, uh, the morning of April 24th, I'll be speaking. So that would be wonderful to see you guys. If you see me, please grab me and say hello, and I'd uh, love to see your shining faces. Also, if you are local in uh, the San Diego area, I will be giving a lecture on um, women and hormones. So our event is called Wine, Women, and Hormones, and it sounds just like that. We're going to be serving wine, learning all about female hormones. And so that will be on May 27th in the San Diego area. So to check that out, you can um, go to shinenaturalmedicine.com, and we'll be posting information about that event. And also check out shinenaturalmedicine.com. We finally finished our website for the clinic, so I'd love to get your feedback. And, of course, if you guys are wanting to work with a naturopathic doctor and just aren't really getting the answers you're looking for, I'd love to work with you. You can check me out at that website. So on to tonight's show, we have Dr. Lori Steele-Smith on the show. She is the author of the new book, Great Sex Naturally. She is the medical director of Steele-Smith Natural Health Center, which is a state-of-the-art healing center for natural medicine. She's also the co-author of Natural Choices for Women's Health, and she's really respected for her views on natural medicine. She's appeared on CNN's Health Watch, on Fox and NBC News affiliates, and she's a frequent health commentator in magazines such as Women's World, Self, Women's Day, Natural Health, Women's Health, Whole Lifetime, Body and Soul, Let's Live, 
Better Nutrition, and many other publications. She really is out there and really making this mainstream, so I, I respect that so much. Dr. Spielsmith, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Oh, thank you. Great to meet you. It's so great to have you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being so patient with the scheduling. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Today's work is just great because I've had a day off and it's got beautiful weather today. And um, I'll tell you, it's really, sometimes I pinch myself. I can't believe I live in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What island do you live on? I Actually, I live on Oahu, um, and I live on okay. the windward side in a place called Waimanalo, which is exquisitely beautiful. And I have my practice in Honolulu, and I've been there for 22 years. Wow, that is amazing. I, have, I haven't been to Oahu. I've been to Maui twice. And actually, the times was for an IV therapy conference, and we were just poking our veins basically the whole time and running out and going to the beach and jumping in the water and going back in for more learning and being just a total guinea pig. So it wasn't my real, I guess, uh, description of relaxation, but I did go another time and it was just so much fun. It was yeah. people learning on you, learning on your veins. Yeah, it wasn't very relaxing, but I figure if you're going to go to an IV therapy conference, I guess there's no better place than Hawaii to do that. All so, right. Um, but that's Good. really cool. What, I'm really curious about your personal story. I, I, You know, so many of my guests have their own, you know, story, their own reason why they got into natural medicine. Oftentimes it's something very personal. What, what brought you into this kind of world of, of natural healing? Well, I'd say that the most influential experience I had was leaving my hometown in Connecticut and living in Norway for three months when I was 16 and lived with a family there that was it just lived a different way of life. You know, they picked mushrooms in the forest, of course, um, you know, edible, non-poisonous ones. They knew plant identification. <laughs> we went hiking in the woods. They ate super healthy food. And they weren't exactly, um, you know, using herbs like we use as naturopathic physicians in terms of treatment, but they were just part of their daily lives. And just the quality of their lifestyle, I think, really is what brought me to natural medicine after I did that three-month exchange program. I ended up going back to Connecticut working in a health food store, and I met my first naturopathic doctor, and it was a doctor who had actually gone to National College where you went to school, and he okay. was treating pan can cancer patients using glandular products, and especially raw glandular products, and he was just this really neat guy, and um, I remember he came into the health food store, and I was like, you mean you went to a school to learn about all these supplements and all these herbs? Like, there's actually a university where you can go to learn this? And, um, you know, I was 16 years old. This was like 1978, right? <laughs> and, and, and he said, yeah, in fact, I went out west and went to this incredible program. So I kind of tucked that away and um, ended up going out west to go to a, a different school, Evergreen State College, which is a very creative kind of um, educational program for super motivated kids, which is what I was. And there my advisor was on the board at Bastyr University, which is the um, naturopathic college up in Seattle. And I ended up actually going to Seattle to do the nutrition program. Um, Evergreen was a wonderful place, but I just knew that I wanted a degree in nutrition. I also wondered if I could do the naturopathic program, and then I ended up segueing into the naturopathic program. And again, I stayed there a little bit longer. I ended up doing the acupuncture oriental medicine program as well, which, um, you know, I was 29, got out of practice, ended up moving to Hawaii to do a residency, and I've been here ever since. Wow. That's amazing. And, you're, you know, I, 
I feel like naturopathic doctors, we all have kind of our own definition of, of what naturopathic medicine is. I know I have my way of describing it. I'd love to hear when someone asks you, what is naturopathic medicine? What do you say? Well, I'd say that the core principle of naturopathic medicine is that we want to work with your own body to heal itself, and we want to stimulate and augment that using the least toxic, least invasive medicine. You know, we all know that we have a foundation of health that we need to maintain, and and to me, that's diet, exercise, detox, mind and body. And when that foundation of health is in place, then we can build on it. And, you know, often with patients, I'm going to start there, and then I'm going to build and kind of create the second floor, right? So we've got our first floor, then our second floor. And this is where we're going to actually utilize natural substances, where it's our botanical medicines or our supplements. And then we go to our third floor where we might need to use something a little bit stronger, like intravenous therapies, right? where we may need to do mm-hmm. chelation therapies, where we're helping that body to detox, not just through diet and exercise, but through means that are a little bit stronger. We may need to use even mm-hmm. some bioidentical hormones to help balance out the endocrine system. So to me, naturopathic medicine is a very sensible form of medicine that's working with, uh, it's working with the body's own ability to heal itself. I mean, that's, that's what mm-hmm. we want to enhance. We all have that innate ability Sometimes that innate ability goes haywire, and then we end up with autoimmune diseases or we end up with cancer. But if we can help restore that healthy, innate ability for the body to regulate itself and to create health and wellness, then that person can really have a much higher quality of life. Mm. Yeah, and I I find in my practice that even the most far off and severely sick the patient, we're still focusing on that that main level first, you know, the basics, the diet, the the lifestyle, the exercise, the sleep, um, the detoxing. I mean, do you find that for your your, uh, clientele as well? Oh, oh, absolutely. And, you know, I wrote um, Great Sex Naturally because I've found so many patients, like I'm 51, right? So I've kind of been in practice from age 30, 29 to 51. And over that period of time, mm-hmm. I've had so many patients come in and just be like, where did my libido go? <laughs> like, it mm-hmm. just left, and I don't know where it went, and I don't know how to get it back. And, you know, we have to start with that foundation of health. You know, men have Viagra as a way to deal with erectile dysfunction. Women, we don't have something that's that kind of a quick fix. And really, for women, it's never going to be a quick fix, even though the pharmaceutical companies are trying to create a quick fix. Um, you know, that is just mm-hmm. not, it's not going to come from a pill. It's going to come from building this wellspring of vital energy or chi, and that is going to come from this foundation of health. And then we can go to the second floor and we can add in some supplements. We can add in our botanicals. We can go to the third floor, and this is where we can add in our um, bioidentical hormones, right? For, especially for women in perimenopause. We've got you know, I mean, I'm I'm there. I'm right in the middle of it. I know all about it. <laughs> and, and you know, having a little bit of hormone in your system can make an enormous difference between having, you know, being a really crabby person and being a really happy, joyful person. You know, we know that serotonin and estrogen swim together, and in a lot of women, they can be very sensitive to those changes in hormones. And, you know, what's really wonderful about being a naturopathic doctor is we've got this huge toolbox of of various, um, of various tools from our botanicals to our supplements to our, um, our hormones and, like I said, our, our acupuncture, our hands-on medicines. 
And because we have this huge toolbox, we can also decide what is the most appropriate thing for that particular patient. And it isn't a one-size-fits-all a, a one kind of um, program. And um, in Great Sex Naturally, I really outline like what women can do in each key area of her body to enhance the health and wellness of that area. Yeah. Right when you said that that men have Viagra and women, as soon as you said that, I was going to blurt out, we have Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> like, you know, we have to I, appreciate the a, what? Oh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey. But, uh, you know, I think that there's a lot to that, actually. Yes, the book is kind of silly and the, the story is out there and everything, but it did kind of wake up a lot sexually for a lot of women. And I think because there's so much of that mental connection with sex, and I know that you, you definitely get into that with your book. So I, I do want to dive into that in, in, a, in a minute, but I want to know um, about once you actually started to feel that personally for yourself with your, you know, kind of perimenopausal symptoms, did you feel different as a doctor, like being on the other side of it and actually experiencing it firsthand? I would say that it gave me a sense of just really how at a loss you feel. So, yeah, I think it did. Because, you know, when you're in your 30s and you're in your early 40s, you know, you're kind of like, oh, it's just exaggerated PMS. But it's really not. It's really very different than exaggerated PMS, and it actually each woman experiences it very differently. But there's almost like a sense of despondency or apathy. It's like you just don't care anymore. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, things that you cared about so much, all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, okay. And, 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 you know, I think that to have your personality change, that is very um, – anxiety-provoking, because you kind of have a secure yeah. sense of who you are. And then when you start to feel this, this shift, it's, it can be disconcerting, especially when you have children or you have a husband or you have staff and you have patients, and people expect something, kind of a specific, they expect a specific you, and all of a sudden that you is changing. And you kind of expect that too. I mean, the other thing is you expect that. You expect yourself to be a certain way, and then all of a sudden you're finding yourself saying things to people behind a counter that you really ought to be slapped for. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just said that, you know, as if there's, like, no filter. So I think that it gave me remember, an incredible – you know, mm-hmm. it, it just reminds me of that movie scene in Fried Green Tomatoes when I think it's Kathy mm-hmm. Bates. She, she decides to steal someone's parking spot, and she just says, She's like, I'm older. I have more insurance. You know, she just got to the point. She's like, I don't really care. I'm at, I'm at a certain age. I don't. I'm not going to apologize <laughs> anymore. And I think that you know, personality-wise, there is that shift that happens, right? And it really can affect relationships. Right. It can affect relationships, and it can affect your life plan. You know. Um, but I think also when it comes when it comes to like your libido and your sex life, it can affect that too, and that can in turn affect your relationship. And and I think we yeah. need to take note of the reality is, and this is reality. And women who are listening, and men who are listening, I want you to know this as a fact: women's vulvas change as their hormones change. <laughs> Okay, like this is what happens. The tissues thin, they become drier. They can become atrophic, okay, which means that they start to break down. Um, Women can have a lot more urinary tract infections. In fact, some of my patients come to me because they're like, every time I have sex, I have to take an antibiotic now because I end up getting a urinary tract infection. And this starts happening sometimes to women in their 40s when things get drier and thinner and more fragile and they, um, the urethra, if, if 
anybody on listening has looked in a mirror if you're a woman, your urethra is within millimeters of your vaginal opening, which means that that urethra, which is what you go urinate from, is very vulnerable when you have sex if the tissue is dry and thin and fragile. So when you have sex, it kind of um, makes it so that tissue that you're normal, that normally can handle bacteria that's a normal commensal bacteria from the vulva or even from the anal area, that tissue now is much more vulnerable because after sex, there could be just like little tiny irritations to that urethra. And so bacteria that you're normally exposed to now become something that can become pathogenic, that can climb up like a little gecko (laughs) inside your urethra into -hmm. your bladder and create a bladder infection. So, um, you know, we have a lot of herbs in our pharmacopoeia that we can give to patients to help prevent urinary tract infections. But ultimately, what we want to do is prevent um, the fragility of the urethra and the vulva so that a woman doesn't end up getting chronic urinary tract infections. So in my book, Great Sex Naturally, I go through a lot of different um, protocols that women can follow to prevent vaginal infections because also everyone listening should know this, when estrogen levels start to decline and the tissues of the vulva and the vagina change, because these are estrogen-dependent tissues, um, women can be much more prone to pH changes in the vagina, which also makes them more prone to bacterial infections and yeast infections. So again, a woman who's starting in her 40s to complain of vaginal infections, um, whether they're bacterial or they're from yeast, needs to go and have the pH of her vaginal tissues evaluated, if she's super alkaline, an alkaline pH, more basic pH, then she's much more prone to getting these bacterial infections. And that can be corrected by using a hydrogen peroxide producing lactobacilli, which is a friendly bacteria. It can also be corrected by using really low dose estriol, which is a type of estrogen at the vulva and the vagina. Um, And it can also be alleviated through taking oral hormones as well. But often women just need a tiny little bit of support at the vagina and the vulva. And for women who can't take any kind of estrogen, then using a DHEA cream um, will not increase any kind of lining in the uterine, in the uterine lining or in the uterus called the endometrium. And so using a DHEA cream can also help to sort of fluff up and hydrate the tissues of the vaginal opening, the vagina, the vulva, and, and all those tissues. Now, is the DHEA cream, do you have patients apply that locally to the vaginal area or to their forearms? Um, actually, I, it's best if they apply it to vaginal mucosa and to the introitus, which is huh. the opening to the vagina, because you're going to get much better absorption. And also that DHEA cream right there at the vulva and the vagina will really help to hydrate and um, support the integrity of the vaginal tissues. And, and I use this for women hmm. also to help increase libido, okay, because DHEA does have a conversion. It aromatases down into testosterone for women. So for women who are also suffering from, you know, just like they, they're having difficulty orga- having an orgasm where it used to be easy, then using some DHEA cream right on the clitoris and a little bit of the vaginal opening can kind of take care of two things at once. Wow, that's very cool. And also the benefit of that, too, is if they are sexually active, then there's less of a risk of, you know, giving that estrogen to their, to their partner, right, because the DHEA isn't going to be as much of a, of a concern, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah, and, and, and women, you should know that, that if you are using any kind of estrogen at the vulva, 
Um, and, you know, medical doctors often prescribe S-Trace, okay, or you can go to your naturopathic mm-hmm. doctor and through a compounding pharmacy you can get Estradiol in a cream base or you can get Estriol, which is really my favorite because it's 72 times weaker than Estradiol. Um, and I really want listeners to know don't use Premarin vaginal cream. <laughs> you know, it's still being prescribed. Yeah. And it drives me crazy because Premarin contains over 200 different hormones, some of which are androgens and progestogens, and 4 to 8% of Premarin is equine estrogen. So it's really important that we stay away from Premarin. Estrace is a bioidentical hormone. It's just that the cream bake cream base isn't that friendly. Um, my favorite for the vagina is really estriol vaginal suppositories that are in cocoa butter with vitamin E. I mean, you can't get much better than that, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, it's cocoa butter, yeah. vitamin E, and estriol, which is our weakest estrogen and 72 times weaker than estradiol. So for women who don't want to have a strong systemic effect, really just want to have a local effect, this is really a superior form of estrogen to support those tissues. Oh, yeah. I have a love relationship with vaginal estriol for my patients. They they really respond so well to it. And it's like I just pretty much know across the board it's going to be pretty miraculous for, for most of them. Very rarely does someone not, you know, react well to it, but it's like nine, over 99% of the time, you know, it's just amazing. So I totally agree with that. What about, I'm curious in your experience for women who, you know, maybe have a, a, a family history of breast cancer or maybe had breast cancer themselves years ago that was, you know, um, estrogen receptor positive is do you feel confident that they can do vaginal estriol or do you kind of shy away from that if they're many many years out okay so if let's say they had a ductal mm-hmm. carcinoma in situ so that's a very early stage breast cancer for patients listening it hasn't invaded the basement membrane so it's actually even pre cancer um like a pre breast mm-hmm. cancer so for women who've had a dcis and went through radiation Using, I would, I would use DHEA with those patients first. If they don't get the kind of benefit they need from that, I would consider using a low-dose estriol, but I probably do lower than what I do on most patients. Usually I'm using a one milligram, but I, I might go down to 0.25 mm-hmm. milligram estriol for that patient. Uh, for women who are many years post-breast cancer, um, meaning more than five years, and it had no lymph node involvement, then I would consider using a estriol. But again, I would do it with great caution and with their knowledge that that's what we're doing. Um, for women who had triple negative breast cancer, I would still use caution because there is some research suggesting that most cancers do start off as estrogen receptive positive and then they turn negative as they become more aggressive. So I would still be mm-hmm. vigilant about it. Um, what I like about the DHEA is that it, it, it isn't directly giving you estrogen. But women, I think you do need to know that DHEA can convert to testosterone and testosterone can convert to estrogen. So I think all of this just needs to be um, explained and be made very clear. I don't think that women need to um, have to deal with chronic urinary tract infections or not having sex ever again. Um, There are some other natural things that we can do, like ginseng. You know, there's some research using Chinese ginseng that can be great at hydrating the the vagina, but it's taking it orally, not topically. I also have patients mm-hmm. use um, a product called Allocadabra that they use topically. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it's uh, 99% organic aloe. It's a lovely product. And they use that daily, actually, to hydrate the tissues. And then I also have them use it um, whenever they do have sex as a really non-toxic and health-promoting lubricant. Um, I also have vitamin E vaginal suppositories and cocoa butter that I have patients use. And I, and I do and I will use a black cohosh, um, a black cohosh wild yam suppository um, that, that I have had patients with breast cancer use. And black cohosh is actually hmm. not a phytoestrogen. It's been reclassified. So um, I, feel, I feel totally comfortable using that as well. Um, and then when it well, comes to cool. libido, then we've got a whole different issue, you know. But I think if we can get the, the tissues of the vulva and the vagina nicely hydrated, then, you know, that's really, really important for a woman to even, you know, start to become interested in sex again, you know, if she's had a lot of painful experiences. Yeah. Those are some really helpful little pearls. I love that. Um, that's great. Let's, let's, I mean, that was just a nice little segue. Let's jump into sex drive. This is such a huge issue. I see this all the time in my practice. Women who just say, I used to be horny all the time and now I don't care about it. I'd rather take a nap than have sex. I'm just exhausted and I feel so bad because my husband's amazing and I feel so guilty. I mean, I hear this all the time. So what's your take on that? What are some things you've found in your practice that work great for sex drive? I'd love to hear your take. Okay, so I really think that it's a matter of that foundation of health to start, right? We've got a diet, exercise, detox, mind and spirit. I mean, I think we, we need to start there with anybody. And, I mean, if a woman is raising two children and works full-time, typically that patient is not going to have the extra energy, <laughs> you know, to have right. a very strong libido. She's sublimating all of her sexual energy into raising kids, into having a job, into doing what she's doing. I, I do think that, you know, sexual energy is m- more than just what we use for sex. Do you know what I mean? A sexual energy is really creative energy. It's a surplus of energy. It's... Um, yeah. It's vital energy. So the more we can work with a patient to create that vitality, and, you know, most of my patients will tell me, gee, when we go on vacation, it's like, oh, we, we, we notice each other again, and, oh, we, we can have sex again, and, and I enjoy it, and it's easy to have an orgasm, and everything's great. And you know what? It's like that just tells you she just needs some time out. <laughs> you know what I mean? She just needs some time off. You need time off, and you need to perhaps do, like, half your list every day instead of the whole list. I mean, maybe we need to rethink the way we're living our lives so that we're just, right. you know, we're, not unra- we're not unraveling our telomeres all the time, <laughs> you know, right. because, you know, our telomeres are basically tell you how old you are, right? And like, you know, how, how fast you're aging. And, you know, maybe we have our foot down on the gas pedal too much because I do think that one mm-hmm. piece is simply taking time to smell the roses, taking time to, you know, kick back and, just enjoy where you're at rather than constantly trying to move achieve to Hawaii, more. right? I know, move to Hawaii. <laughs> and then the second <laughs> thing is I do think there are some really excellent nutritional um, formulas that are on the market, and they do have an effect. I have experimented with them, and I was quite impressed. <laughs> and, you know, they, they do have an effect. And I think also even the act of taking nutritional supplement for this purpose has an effect as well because it means that you actually care. It means that you actually are thinking about it. It means that it's something that you actually want to try to nurture in your life. Um, you know, one of the products that I really like, it's called Argin Max, 
And it's a product that contains um, some herbs. It also contains a number of um, amino acids. Well, it contains one specific amino acid, which is um, L-arginine. And it contains ginseng, which we had mentioned, right, because the ginseng helps um, in some research to increase vaginal secretions and decrease vaginal dryness. Um, Ginkgo, ginkgo biloba, a lot of us have heard of that. And ginkgo helps increase circulation. And then it's got some other vitamins and minerals in it that really help to um, promote sexual health and sexual wellness as well as overall wellness. Now, one of the key things that this whole formula does is it increases nitric oxide. And what I have found as I've gone through looking at um, many different herbal aphrodisiacs is that a lot of them increase nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is called the spark of life, right? It's basically a compound that vasodilates, means opens the blood vessels. For men, it's a wonderful amino acid to be used for erectile dysfunction. And for women, it also increases blood flow to the vulva and the vagina and the the clitoris. So it does seem to bring more circulation to that area and hence can lead to more arousal, which can also help with sex drive. And I also think that, like I said, taking something for this purpose also kind of work psychologically to be like, okay, well, I'm actually doing something and I'm also checking in with myself rather than just plowing through my life. So, um, I mean, I think that that's an excellent product. Um, It also contains another herb called um, Damiana. And I remember way back in the early 80s drinking Damiana tea and going to some, you know, really fun hippie herb class at Evergreen State College and uh, learning that the Latin name is Turnera aphrodisiac aphrodisiaca. So you know that, um, you know, basically this herb, which I believe is native of Mexico, has been used for many generations for its aphrodisiac-like properties. So anyway, that's a wonderful product, and um, it's called Arginmax. And then there's some other really wonderful herbal products like, um, like maca. Now, maca is very interesting because it's not so much like directly stimulating vasodilation or anything like that, but maca contains compounds that seem to really upregulate a woman's hormonal system. And it's not very specific. It's more generalized. I do think that it has not just effects on ovaries, but it can also have effects on, um, well, if ovaries, adrenal gland, pituitary, and you know, what I've seen for women, and especially in perimenopause, who are starting to get some early hot flashes, a little bit of vaginal dryness, kind of a, a real um, much, much lighter period, by giving them maca, they actually have a more, um, they have more blood flow, they have um, more energy, the, the insomnia and the hot flashes seem to go away. But it wouldn't be indicated for a woman who's having super heavy periods or a woman who has a fibroid. Um, we don't really want to be upregulating that patient. We want to be more um, enhancing her body's ability to break down estrogen and then promote progesterone through something like chase tree berry. And then there's, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think that chase tree berry is another really wonderful herb for women. You know, a lot of times low libido is going to come from feeling imbalanced, right? It's going to come from just not being healthy and not being hormonally balanced. And what we're, what we're seeing, especially in women around mid-30s, is I'm seeing patients who are having kind of an estrogen dominance, and that means they've got more estrogen relative to the progesterone. 
And this more estrogen is being produced by their ovaries. And in the mid-30s, often they're not putting out um, a really good corpus luteum when they ovulate. And that means that, you know, the, the, there's a tissue mass left behind when a woman ovulates, and that in turn releases progesterone. And progesterone isn't really released until mid-cycle. You have small amounts of it that's, that's created by your adrenal glands, but you're not putting out a whole lot of progesterone to really a woman ovulates. But what's happening in mid to late 30s, sometimes early 40s, is that women aren't really putting out a whole lot of progesterone because they've got... Um, a suboptimal corpus luteum. And what can really help during this phase without having to start taking progesterone, because really as naturopathic doctors, we want our patients to use the least toxic, least invasive medicine first, and then we work our way up that pyramid that I mentioned earlier. So we start with things like our foundation of health, then we move into our botanicals, our supplements, and then eventually we'll go to our hormones. So one of my absolute favorite herbs is progesterone. Um, progesterone-supporting herbs is chase tree berry because it can help increase progesterone. But what it also does, which is really neat, is it helps to decrease prolactin. So for women who are experiencing a lot of breast tenderness and swelling and nipple tenderness prior to their periods, chase tree berry is like a charm. And um, chase tree berry also increases luteinizing hormone from the pituitary to help stimulate the ovaries to produce more progesterone. So it, it does two things at the same time. And in fact, I think it's doing more than that as well. Um, but the research that I've seen is really looking at chase tree berry as a wonderful progesterone booster. Um, there's a great product on the market. If anybody's interested, it's called Essencia, A-S-E-N-S-I-A. And um, they've got a wonderful web, website about Essencia where you can go online and see if you're estrogen dominant or see if you're progesterone dominant. It's a whole series of questions that you can go through to see if the product's right for you. But I do think it's a really excellent product, um, you know, or you can get chase tree berry separately as an herb, but I like the combination that they put the chase tree berry with other nutritional um, uh, compounds like green tea extract. They also um, have an amino acid in there, the L-arginine. So it's, it's, it's a wonderful formula. Chase tree berry is an incredible herb, incredible herb for women with terrible PMS and also that kind of crabby, low sex drive, heavy periods, nipple tenderness, you know, before a period. I think it's a, you know, a great way to go, at least to start. And what I see a lot of young women doing in their mid-30s, early 40s, I see them starting to take birth control pills because I don't, you know, the, the symptoms that they're experiencing are maddening and upsetting, and they're like, you know what, I'm snapping at my kids, I'm snapping at my husband, I've got no libido. Um, you know, and they're starting to just take birth control pills. And I just don't think that's the right thing. What we want to be doing is trying to balance the underlying cause of the, of, of the symptom, right? Symptoms are our body's wisdom. They're our body's way of saying, hey, there's a red flag here, and what can I do to correct it? So, um, yeah. so that's one solution. I love it. It's so great. I love I love all those herbs that you mentioned. I was I was thinking the Argin Max sounded really familiar. And like, where did I hear this before? I'm remembering actually a few months back I had um, Dr. Beverly Whipple on the show, and I just googled her name with Argin Max, and she was one of the main researchers studying Argin Max. And their research on that product is amazing. She was actually I think Dr. Whipple's in her 70s. She was the the, the doctor to name the G spot. She actually studied mm-hmm. with Dr. Grafenberg. And um, just ama- it's such an amazing story, but I was looking at the research behind Arginmax, and they found that for the women that they studied this for, there was, let me look at these stats, it was crazy. It's um, 
what is it right here? It's do do do. Let's see, 72% improved um, improvement in sexual desire, 68% improvement in overall sex life. Um, what was it? 86% reported um, increased frequency of intercourse. 79% higher satisfaction with their relationship. I mean, these are crazy stats. That's really, really impressive. So that sounds really legit. <laughs> now, now there is one caveat, <laughs> and I think listeners need to know this, is that if you're somebody who gets frequent herpes outbreaks, you do not want to use anything with L-arginine in it, and you actually want to go on a low L-arginine diet and boost lysine in your diet because L-arginine um, – can get incorporated very easily into the herpes virus membrane and produce more of itself. So if you're prone to chronic herpes outbreaks, whether it's oral or vaginal or labial, then um, this this actually is not the product for you. So that needs to be taken right. into use account. Something else. <laughs> yeah, use something else. The, the other thing, drive, probably. Uh huh. Yeah, and then the other thing is that you know L-arginine can also lower blood pressure. So if you're somebody who has extraordinarily low blood pressure or chronically low, um, meaning like 90 over 60 and less than that, then L-arginine, products with L-arginine as a, one of the dominant ingredients would not be a good product for you because it, it can lower blood pressure. However, if you have normal blood pressure or high blood pressure, it would be a great product for you. Yeah. Um, what about your experience with evening primrose oil? When do you use that with your patients? Oh, I love evening primrose oil. Um, evening primrose oil Me is, too. I call it kind of a fat harmonizer. Um, it It is truly a um, remarkable compound for people, for women, I'm going to say for women, who have acne, who have PMS, who have super irregular periods. Um, I see it as it helps you. Somehow, and I'm not exactly sure the mechanism, but it seems to balance out the estrogen-progesterone ratios. I know that it can help mm-hmm. to bring down, um, you know, preventing testosterone moving to dihydrotestosterone because even primrose can convert to gamma-linoleic acid. And for some reason, and I don't understand, again, I don't understand the mechanism, but I have tried to find it. It seems that it helps promote friendly estrogens. Okay, because women with cystic breasts, women with lots of heavy periods and pain with their periods, it's the evening primrose oil can have a very powerful impact. And it, I've seen breast cysts go away and normalization of estrogen levels. When I mean, and, and when you do a blood test, the woman's estrogen may look fine, okay? It may look just like, oh, this is totally normal, but it's the way her body is responding to the estrogen. And I think it's becoming more pro-inflammatory by the way that it's being broken down. So the evening primrose oil really helps with estrogen metabolism, and it helps to harmonize a woman's hormones. How, how, how have you been using it in your practice? Yeah, I find the best. I think that it's really, really good for uh, just painful breasts, painful, you know, swollen breasts with periods. I, I, it's just amazing for that. And then just difficult periods in terms of cramping. I've done it actually for myself. When I take new primrose oil for a couple of months, my periods are, are a breeze. If I do that, I'm, and I'm really good about taking my magnesium, and I also do chase tree, um, chase berry, it's, it's just great. I mean, it's, it's so, I mean, no Advil needed, no nothing needed. It's just I barely forget I'm on my period. And how, how young are you? Uh, 34. 
34. Oh, you've got the whole next 20 years to go through. How fun. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what's you know, wonderful? The problem is I, I know too much, right? It's like I know that around age 35 my progesterone starts to go down. I kind of wish I didn't know as much as I do because it's like, uh-huh, uh-oh, uh-huh. it's starting. But you know what's wonderful? Yeah. You have got this knowledge at this age, and you've had the experience at this age, and so you are going to be able to bypass a lot of the, you know, potential hardships or symptoms that, you know, may be coming down the pike. Yeah. What? So let me ask you, if you were to rewind time and tell your 34-year-old self advice, what would you tell yourself? In terms of I hormones. would tell my 30-year-old uh, this is what I would tell my 30-year-old self, don't work so hard. I mean, really, I plowed through my 30s working so hard. I mean, I worked 12-hour days, five days a week, six days a week. I mean, I just pushed and pushed and pushed. It. That's kind of my nature. But I really, um, I would have, I would have said, kick back and smell the roses a little bit. You know, don't be so anxious. You know, that really, it's, yeah. it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay financially. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Your practice is going to be okay. Your life's going to be okay. Um, you know, I've always been a super healthy person, but I think where, you know, if you start to look at where do you sabotage yourself, I would say just working too hard, pushing, just pushing myself yeah. too hard. I mean, I'm a great if someone wants to hire me to do something because I will do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, but there's that, it's about creating balance. So for young women listening, I mean, just do what you can to create balance because I promise you, on your deathbed, we are not going to be thinking about, oh, I wish I'd worked harder. <laughs> You know what I mean? We're not going to think that. We're going to think, yeah, we're going to be thinking. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so happy I got to live the life I lived. So, um, I think that's what I would say to my 30 year old self. The, the part that I've done in terms of writing books and being driven on that and doing all the media I've done, I mean, that's part of my life passion is education and teaching and getting the word out that this medicine is incredible. And how powerful is it that you can take evening primrose oil, you can take chase tree berry and some magnesium, and you don't have dysmenorrhea, right? You don't have painful menstrual cramps. Yeah. You don't need to be taking Advil every month and compromising your kidneys. I mean, how amazing is that? Giving your right. body exactly what it needs needs to function optimally right i mean that's that's amazing yeah. that's amazing that's why this yeah, medicine is here to stay it is mm-hmm. it is and this is One, what women are seeking too, to i think hmm? something i'm learning so much more and more at least in the last few months and i've talked about it on the show a bit is is really stepping in more of the feminine way of being because i think a lot of the the physical problems that women experience. And I know for myself, too, just being constantly go, 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 very much like kind of that alpha female, like I have my clinic, I got my radio show, I'm doing all this stuff, right, and and all these different achievements and the speaking and the business thing. And I think that, you know, it's all connected with, with reproductive health, with hormonal balance, with relationship health, you know, everything. And so I'm really working on is slowing down, like you're saying, creating more space in my life, kind of flowing a little bit more and and being more in my feminine and and also just leading my team more from my heart rather than from my mind and, you know, from kind of that, that put my fist down and I'm, I'm the boss. It's more like, like a heart kind of centered way of operating. And I find that I feel physically so much better when I do that. I'm really curious about your take on that because my, my experience of you is, Yes, you've experienced you. You've achieved a lot of things, but I also get a very much of a feminine kind of way of being with you, and I think that's very healthy. So I'd love to hear kind of your your view with all of that. 
Well, I think you just said it beautifully, you know, just trying to embody that feminine way of being. I, I really like that. It's the yin, right? We've got yang, which is mm-hmm. getting good grades and going to school and working really hard and building a business. And then we've got the yin, which is inside. It's, it's, it's that inner world. And, you know, when you're quiet, are you happy with who you are? <laughs> you know, are you mm. happy with, with what goes through your mind or are you trying to run away from that and constantly going into the yang um and the yang is always looking at your checklist and making sure everything's checked off right but yeah checked off can you go to the yin and just sit with it and be deeply satisfied you know what i mean and i think that for women Mm -hmm. to build their libido we don't want to be men. We don't want to be the young. That's actually not really a turn on, <laughs> you know, to us right. or to them or to them, right? <laughs> and, you know, to truly embrace our feminine nature, which is that softer side, is really important. And I think that's incorporating certain things into your life. You know, for me, it's making sure that I have alone time because, you know, in a practice, as you know, Dr. Lowe, that you – are with people all day long. And when you're not at work, you need to maybe not be with people or just be with people who don't really need you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, people who aren't expecting right. something from you. Yeah. And I think it's incorporating yoga. and Maybe it's not Ashtanga yoga or Bikram, but something that's more yin, like a restorative yoga class. You know, instead of, um, you know, bagging a peak on the weekend, meaning getting to the top of a mountain, I mean, maybe it's about swimming. <laughs> well, in Hawaii, we can go swimming. Um, but, you know, it's it's incorporating more of these yin kind of exercises, yin kind of things in your life, whether that's reading or even something like knitting. I have this friend who started knitting, and she's just like, it is so centering, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. um you know, doing something that's creative, right? Like, you know, when we were kids, we always were creative. We were always we were in art classes. We were playing outside. And, you know, doing something that's just visual and creative rather than something that's sort of academic and intellectual and purposeful. You know what I mean? Something that's not even purposeful. So anyhow, I, I right. completely agree that, um, you know, for women to have – the kind of health and vitality that they're capable of, they do need to nurture both the yin and the yang. And, you know, they they talk about, um, you know, what is arousal in women? You know, for men, it's a very yang event, right? It's very male. It's very um, outward. And for women, it's a very yin event with some yang to it, but it's a very yin event. And if a woman doesn't have enough of that yin feminine energy, she's probably going to have a dry vaginal tissues, dry labia, she is probably not really going to be easily turned on and not be as receptive to her partner because she just simply doesn't have enough of that yin energy to meet it. Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, doing doing exercises and doing um, things that bring her inward can also really help with this foundation of health that then leads to building the vital energy of the body, which then leads to increased libido. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even just like the the just the way of being in terms of sexuality for a woman, like the man is the hunter. He's the he's obviously using a tool, right? That he's going to be kind of uh, you know he's he's it's a triumphant action. And as a woman, it's it's the receiving, it's, it's being that feminine and that allowing and receiving. So even just 
and obviously the physiology of sex is it's it's reflected in that and then just also your way of being. It's just mm-hmm. allowing that you know, it's like allowing putting um space and 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 uh, yeah, putting space in your life to allow magic to happen. Right? Because you have every single moment accounted for, you're just not allowing those like the, those miracles and that magic to just happen. And and it really does if you just allow it to happen. So I, I it's a, it's a really mm-hmm. good reminder, mm-hmm. I think. And it translates mm-hmm. into sexual energy, but it's all just that same kind of that vitality that we that we have as women, and it's all tied into intuition as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like I think that one of the messages of the book is like it doesn't really matter if you're doing all this to build sexual energy. You're building creative energy, and that is sexual energy. You're building your vitality. Right. Like the whole point is to build mm-hmm. this wellspring of vitality. And this is what, you know, ancient cultures have talked about forever, right? I mean, they've talked about it for centuries. And this is why we have this whole herbal pharmacopoeia of Chinese herbs that help to build the kidney yang and kidney yin, right? The kidneys are the source of all the chi in the body. So they want to build this energy to help with longevity, to help with 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 health and vitality. So, you know, mm-hmm. whether we're doing, we're taking Arjun Max to specifically increase our ability to orgasm or are we taking it to really increase our vitality, right? We're taking it to increase our vital energy. And this is why we choose the kind of mm-hmm. foods that we eat, right? Why we, you know, and when we look at choosing exercise, choosing a balance of yin and yang exercises, right? So like when we're creating that mm-hmm. foundation of health, you know, to keep that in mind that we need the yin and the yang. And if your job is already so young, then you need to do things on your day off that are very yin, right, to keep that balance. Oh, yeah, huge. Balance that out. We have, we share another love, which is in aromatherapy. I use essential oils every day in my practice. Um, in the clinic, we have a diffuser in every single room. I just, I can't speak more, like, higher level about uh, essential oils. But So I would love to hear maybe favorite oils that you that you use with patients and how that maybe relates to women's health or hormones or sexuality what what are some fav- favorites that you that you use well we all know that um our our olfactory system is very primal <laughs> and um i think we underuse our olfactory system in our modern life but it's a very primal primitive part of the brain um, that the olfactory nerve goes to, which is called the limbic system. And the limbic system is also kind of an emotional center of the brain. And um, I think that using aromatherapy is, well, it's it's an indirect way of being able to access some either deep memories or to create new ones. And mm-hmm. you I think that using, I mean, it's, it's a person needs to find what their particular essential oil is that works for them. I mean, there are books and books and books about what each of the oils do, and you know, people have differing opinions. And um, but I do think that if the listeners who are hearing this show want, if they want to use aromatherapy, if they're not super allergic types of people, you know, go to a store and just sniff each of the different oils and see what really resonates with you, because you may find that something that's sort of, um, well, that's something that maybe doesn't smell nice to me may be something you really resonate with. And, and, I, and I recommend that you use that oil and you use it for a month and see if you feel different because different oils have different effects. Sometimes they can be stimulating. Sometimes they can be calming. I mean, one of my absolute favorite is lavender just because it's so, to me, it smells so clean and calming and clearing. 
you know, whereas some of the other oils that sometimes my patients pick out, because I have this whole array of oils also in my practice, um, you know, they're, they're kind of like musty and pungent and almost animal-like remedies or animal-like smells, but they're really drawn to them. So I think that um, I recommend that each person listening just kind of explore that. You know, it's so easy to do. You just go to the health food store and kind of try out the different ones, see what really resonates with you or not. And then maybe look up, you know, some of the different properties that the oil has. I think that these oils can be used um, as part of the sexual dance, right, and sort of foreplay, but they can also be used on a daily basis. Um, Some essential oils actually have very profound medicinal, like antifungal, antibacterial properties. So I think this kind of exploring, um, first, what really resonates with you, second, what you might want to use as part of, like, your foreplay sexual dance, because that can really enhance your experience, especially if you're kind of getting bored or you're um, just not into it, you know, just like, gee, I just feel like I flatlined. Um, Then adding some spice, literally, (laughs) you know, to the sexual dance Mm -hmm. could, could really help a lot. Mm-hmm. What kind of oils are you love, using? What, what, what are your What are your favorites for the for your clinic? Uh, well, I love so uh, I so I I use DoTerra in my practice. I know some people use like Young Living and other brands. That's just that's what we use. And I use On Guard if if someone is feeling sick. So we'll use that sometimes in our diffuser if, if there's a cold going around. Um, and also when I travel, I use On Guard. It has uh, cinnamon and some other kinds of. Uh, kind of spicy. I smell like walking Christmas, basically, whenever I use that. And um, I love lemon. I love lemongrass. I'm more of a citrus kind of girl, so I like lemon, lemongrass, orange, lime, grapefruit. I just love those happy kind of citrus smells. And then I also love their blend called Serenity, which does have lavender in it. It also has vanilla in it. It has a little bit of sandalwood. It's just a really warm smell that smells so good. They got that blend right. I just love that smell. Um, they also have a blend called Elevation. That's a very uplifting kind of smell. And then what are some other ones? We've just started using fennel, which I'm still kind of deciding if I like that because I don't really like licorice or that kind of smell, so I'm trying it out. And, um, yeah, those are the main ones that we use. But I just love changing it up. I mean, my staff, they just change the, the smells every single day in the clinic, so it's always smelling like something different every day, but, but patients love it. And it really provides, I think, a really happy mood in, in the clinic. It really does affect things. Oh, fantastic. Sounds like it's a you have a lovely practice. Oh, thank you. You have to come in and check it out sometime when you're when you're in the area for sure. I'd love to have you in there. And um Doc, is there are there any any other topics or anything else you wanted to talk about before we, we wrap it up? I know we kinda of jumped around a lot, which I like how we let it just flow naturally. Um but I want to make sure that, you know, everything uh gets said that you wanted to share on the show. Um, I think so. I mean, I, I welcome your listeners to contact me if they'd like, and they can do that through my website, which is drsteelsmith.com or naturalchoicesforwomen.com. Um, I think that you're doing a great show. I think it's really wonderful that women have a place to go, and probably you also have a lot of men listening as well. And um, We do. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, that's great. And I think that the more we can educate and teach people about natural medicine and, you know, what they can do naturally to help enhance the quality of their lives, you know, that's, I mean, that's the whole point, right, of, of um, you know, doctor as teacher and making sure that we're educating people as much as we can about what they can do to be as healthy as they can possibly be. So great job. Glad yeah, that you're we doing really do that. It's, um, 
thank you. Thank you so much. We've been doing it for for over four years now. And I tell you, we've had a lot of listeners go to naturopathic school, actually. That was a very unexpected thing that, that's happened. But uh, I've had listeners write to me and say, oh, I want to do this. And this is something I've, I've finally decided to, to, to step up and, and do it. And so, yeah, we sent a lot of people to naturopathic school. And I even had a show called So You Want to Be an MD because so many people are writing to me wanting to go to school. And it's just awesome. It's this whole new wave of, of natural doctors. And we're just going to just revolutionize um, health and, and we're changing healthcare. You know, it's just really it's incredible. So, um, Dr. Chilson, I just want to really thank you for the work that you're doing. You are just such an inspiration. And, you know, I really look up to you a lot and, and hope that I can continue my practice in such a way. And um, just and also just working with such grace and um, just it's really, it's very inspiring. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm proud of you and what you're doing. It's great. I'd love seeing the next generation of NDs coming up, you know. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate it again, and, and thanks for spending your time with us and for being so uh, gracious with rescheduling it, and I look forward to seeing you soon, and have a wonderful rest of your night. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, you guys, that is our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love that one. That was a really, really fun show to do, and I, I love talking about sex drive and hormones and you know feminine energy and just all that stuff it's just really really for joining us you guys check out the website signnaturalmedicine.com we'll check you next week and just enjoy the rest of your week and just let it flow create some space in your life so some magic can happen i'll talk to you guys next week thanks bye North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good. And get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good. And get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.